Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, Defense Department launches program to track UFOs. That's correct. The Defense Department is launching a new program to track UFOs as per that meeting they had with the uh, Senate Subcommittee on Intelligence here a couple of weeks ago that I'm sure most of you listening to this program are uh, up on. Now the article comes from CNN.com and the title is Pentagon to Launch Task Force to Investigate UFO Sightings. That is, Pentagon to launch task force to investigate UFO sightings. And the story is by Ryan Brown, CNN. And the date on this is 5.24 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, August 13th, 2020. Now, I have a link to this uh, at the Twitter account, UFO Warning. Of course, you can get there by just finding UFO Warning or tracking down this uh, at Warning Sub UFO. While you're there, uh, be sure to do a follow back. Now, this article, at the very top of the article, you'll see that there's a short video, about five minutes long, and uh, the fellow was interviewing uh, Christopher Mellon, a former Defense Department employee, I believe, who now works for Tom DeLong and Company. He comes across as a very smart man, and he talks about um, the interview on Father's Day that President Trump did with his son, I think it was Donald Jr., and he asked uh, Trump Sr. about uh, the UFO topic, and uh, President Trump brought up or said something to the effect that he uh, had access to classified materials involving Roswell, and that's what Mellon says. And I th- it seemed like he might have talked about Area 51, too. Anyway, I thought it was cool that he brought this up, and it's almost like he's putting it out there. Uh, maybe he's recognizing that uh, Trump has uh, become aware of the UFO phenomena, just as I postulated in that podcast that we did about this subject uh, a few months ago around Father's Day when this when that interview came out. You can go back and look at that, or listen to, rather, that, that podcast. And there's also, of course, there'll be some uh, posts on Twitter back there in June when this all happened. Now, this article is not a long article, but I think it was pretty well done, especially as much grief as I dish out to CNN. I have to give them credit when they get something right. It says the Pentagon is forming a new task force to investigate UFOs that have not that have been observed by U.S. military aircraft, according to two defense officials. Now this paragraph here gets very interesting, and I'm going to read it, and then I want to deviate just a bit. It says Deputy Secretary Defense David Deputy Secretary of Defense. That's not the Secretary. This is the Deputy Secretary of Defense David Norquist will help oversee the task force, which is expected to be officially unveiled in the next few days, according to the officials. Previous efforts to look into what the Pentagon dubs unidentified aerial phenomena were led by the U.S. Navy, as many of the documented encounters involved their aircraft. 
Well, we know that three of the documented encounters involved Navy aircraft because we've been through this a hundred times and we'll do it a hundred and one times because those UFO videos went from the Navy to the New York Times to Louis Elizondo and Tom DeLong. And we still don't know how they made that trip, that long, strange trip. But now, apparently, you wonder what's going on in the background here, because it's almost as if the Navy has maybe been stripped of their control over the chain of custody. Now we see the Defense Department stepping in. The boys in green saying, you know what, we're going to take care of this. It's almost like they've kicked this up a notch. Now, I'm not getting my hopes up for disclosure just yet, and I'll tell you why. Number one, you notice that it's a deputy Secretary of Defense, David Norquist, also a serious individual, and it's not Mark Esper. Now, Mark Esper is actually the Secretary of Defense, but if you've been following the news at all, you'll know that it looks like Mark Esper is not going to be there much longer. Looks like he'll probably either get fired or quit before the election even. If you go over to Predict It, the online uh, political markets, the only one, the, the big one, I guess you would say, that, that's allowed to operate in the U.S., legit, run by none other than one of the Rothschilds boys, not getting conspiratorial or anything. But they've got Esper at, I believe, 38 cents. Um, as a 38% chance of not of, of being the next cap, cabinet member to leave. So it's interesting that that's where they have him slated at. So that's kind of a high probability, I suppose, in the top four or five maybe. So you wonder what's going on here. Are they not allowing Esper to run this UFO op because they know he's going to be gone? Or is there some kind of conflict there between him and Trump where maybe there has been some conflict between Esper and Trump as far as a lot of things have gone. Everything from how this uh, writing was handled uh, up to a lot of the stuff that's been going on with a Confederate flag and the U.S. Uh, being displayed among U.S. troops. A bunch of different uh, political stuff where Trump has let people know that he's not happy with Esper. I have to wonder if maybe Trump has found out about the whole UFO thing and now realizes that Esper had cut him out of the loop. you got to wonder. Uh, but I want to I point out, first off, who Norquist is. And so we need to know who these people are because these are the people that a lot of folks in the UFO community expect to give them disclosure on this subject. And I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. Now, I found, uh, and I got a link here, and this is from defense.gov. This is the official link. There's a picture of Mr. Norquist, and he looks like a pretty happy camper there in his gray suit and gray tie. It says, David L. Norquist was born... November 24, 1966, in Concord, Massachusetts. He is a 1989 graduate of the University of Michigan, where he received a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and a Master's Degree in Public Policy. He also holds a Master's Degree in National Security Studies from Georgetown University and is a Certified Government Financial Manager. Well, basically the guy sounds like he's an accountant, or he has an accountant background. Maybe he'll be able to keep track of where any new UFO videos happen to show up at. Maybe he'll be able to intercept those things and share them with us before they get passed off to the New York Times. That would be cool. Mr. Norquist has 30 years of experience in federal financial management and national security. Got that? 30 years in national security. 
this this is not this is this is a serious dude. I think I think they've taken this uh, control of UFO data. I think they've taken it. I think they've taken their game up a notch. I mean, I, I'm looking at Louis Elizondo, you know, and you got kind of a he. Lo- he looks like he could be in Sturgis this week. I mean, he's got the tattoos going on. He's kind of got this, you know, he's got the History Channel look to him. This guy here looks like uh, not someone that's going to be on the History Channel. Probably doesn't have tattoos. And um, if he's in charge of the UFO videos, I'm guessing that you're not want to go. You're, you're you're not going to want to mess with his stuff. Let's just put it that way. Mr. Norquist has a 30 years experience in federal financial management, and national security. He began his career as a presidential management fellow and a program budget analyst for the Department of the Army. During his eight years with the Army, he worked at Army Headquarters, U.S. Army Intelligence and Security Command, and is the Director of Resource Management at Minworth Hill Station in the United Kingdom. In 1997, he became a professional staff member on the House Appropriations Committee, Subcommittee on Defense. He served 2002 to 2006 as the Deputy Undersecretary of Defense in the Office of the Controller, where he received the Secretary of Defense Medal for Outstanding Public Service. In 2006, Mr. Norquist was selected by President George W. Bush to be Chief Financial Officer at the Department of Homeland Security. He was the first Senate-confirmed Chief Financial Officer for the Department. For his leadership, he received the Secretary of Homeland Service Outstanding Service Medal. Prior to his current tour in the Department of Defense, Mr. Norquist was a partner with Kearney and Company, a certified public accounting firm focused exclusively on the federal government. Mr. Norquist was appointed as the Undersecretary of Defense Controller Chief Financial Officer on June 2, 2017, and served as a principal advisor to the Secretary of Defense on all budgetary and financial matters. He supported the national defense strategy through the development and execution of the department's annual budget of more than $680 billion. Mr. Norquist strengthened accountability to the taxpayer by implementing DOD's first department-wide financial statement audit. The Honorable David L. Norquist was sworn in as 34th Deputy Secretary of Defense on July 31, 2019. He and his wife Stephanie reside in Virginia with their three children. Wow. Now that's the guy that's going to be helping with keeping track of the UFO situation. Can you see what's going on here? I think that Trump is just stepping up the game. This guy's a financial... if you believe his uh, CV here, he's a finan- he's a financial expert, man, and he's been with uh, the army. It looks like off and on for thirty years. I'm guessing that he knows where all the doors lead. So it seems like it seems like you know under Elizondo we had this little kind of out of the way program for a couple of million dollars that maybe Harry Reid kind of squeezed under the door, um, kind of got Bob Bigelow's company a little bit a little bit of work thrown their way it's almost as if it was an unserious situation looks to me like something's happened 
whether it's these close encounters they've been having, or whether maybe maybe Trump saw some stuff that were that you know maybe he saw those original radar tapes off of the off of the Nimitz, and he's decided, yeah, we need to we we, we need to get our game up because it looks like it looks like the people investigating these things they've gotten much more serious people involved. Now that doesn't mean that you and I are going to see what's going on. But at least the good news seems like some people in government are starting to take the UFO phenomena seriously and they're starting to correctly identify it as a possible threat. And that's a good thing. Now it says here, it says Deputy Defense Secretary David Norquist will help oversee the task force, which is expected to be officially unveiled in the next few days, according to officials. Previous efforts to look into what the Pentagon dubs unidentified aerial phenomena were led by the U.S. Navy, as many of the documented encounters involved the aircraft. The Department of Defense did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Members of Congress and Pentagon officials have long expressed concerns about the appearance of the unidentified aircraft that have flown over U.S. military bases, posing a risk to military jets. I would just interject here. It would be so awesome if they would uh, extend some of that some of that concern to our nuclear power plants, in particular Palo, Palo Verde down there, where they had these swarms of drones. We can't seem to get any kind of response from the government down there. If they're listening, it would be so cool if they would just check into that situation. Because, uh, you know, that's that's kind of a big deal. It's a it's a major nuclear power plant, and its airspace is being regularly invaded. And no one seems to care. It goes on. It says there is no consensus on their origin, with some believing that they may be drones. Well, there we go. Listen, drones don't fly 3,700 mile per hour, so we can just throw that silliness out right now. They may be drones potentially operated by earthly adversaries seeking to gather intelligence rather than extraterrestrials. That is a child's wish right there, okay? That's a very childish, uh, wishful thinking. You've seen the interviews with the airplane, with the Air Force F-18 pilots. We know these things were traveling 3,700 mile per hour. What did we say? It had like 135 G or something? I mean, the one pilot, uh, David Fravor, describes how if that would have been a person inside that thing, they would have been liquefied, would have been turned into mush, he said. Liquefied from the G-forces. These aren't drones, man. Probably, I would doubt that most of our uh, earthly uh, built, we, we couldn't even build a machine to do that without a person inside. So it's not a drone. That's just That's just silliness. It says the Senate Intelligence Committee voted in June to have the Pentagon and intelligence community provide a public analysis of the encounter's following the official Pentagon release of three short videos showing U.S. aircraft encountering these phenomena. We have things flying over our military bases and places where we are conducting military exercises, and we don't know what it is, and it isn't ours. So that's a legitimate question. The chairman of that committee, Senator Marco Rubio, told a local Miami news station in July. Now, you can go back, and I took the time that little four or five minute video to go ahead and just write down what was said. You know, I, I played court stenographer and, and we talked about that in that podcast. So if you're interested in that video and listening exactly to what 
Rubio said in that short interview. Go back and listen to that podcast. It says, frankly, if it's something from outside this planet, that might actually be better than the fact that we've seen some sort of technological leap on behalf of the Chinese or the Russians or some other adversary, he added. That again is, uh, I'm sorry, and I don't mean to be insulting, but that is also childlike, wishful thinking. Because if those things could do that, and the Russians made them, that would be one thing. They live here with us. We have the mutual assured destruction, you know, the mad uh, military strategy that if one person attacks, the other person attacks, and the whole world goes up in a nuclear fireball. If these things are from another dimension, or uh, from across the galaxy, that's much, much worse. Because we don't know where their level of technology is at, and we don't know... We don't know uh, how they think. There's no mutual assured destruction involved because we can't destroy their place. It's either on the other side of the galaxy or it's in another dimension. Basically, they're untouchable. So it's a thousand times worse if these things aren't one of ours. And it looks like they're not one of ours. And that's why it's so frustrating when the subject is treated in such a juvenile manner when it is such a serious, serious subject. Goes on. It says the videos released by the Pentagon appear to show unidentified flying objects rapidly moving while recorded by infrared cameras. Well, they don't appear to. They just do. Okay, hey, that's what it is. It says two of the videos contain service members reacting in awe at how quickly the objects are moving. One voice speculates that it could be a drone. Yeah, that. That, those were the two pictures that were taken off the Roosevelt, off the east coast of the U.S., I believe in, what, 2015? President Donald Trump in April called the footage a hell of a video and told Reuters he wonders if it's real. Now, you've watched the videos with Trump after that. If you've been following this on the podcast, I've covered that. And like I said, you can go back and listen to this podcast. But it seems as though Trump has really uh, had an epiphany. It's gone beyond being a hell of a video, and I don't think he's wondering anymore if it's real. I'm pretty sure he knows that it is, in fact, real. And I have to almost believe that maybe some of the deep state have attempted to threaten him, claiming maybe they had access to this technology, and I think he's called their bluff, quite honestly. And May CNN obtained hazard reports detailing encounters between U.S. Navy aircraft and an unidentified aerial phenomena from the Navy's safety center. The unknown aircraft appeared to be small in size, approximately the size of a suitcase, and silver in color. One report describing an incident from March 26, 2014 said, well, we know that the other ones were a lot bigger than that. They were, I think, what did they say, 30, 40 foot long, 34 foot, 38 foot. So that's just one case. The reports described the observed phenomena as unmanned aerial systems. Now, we went through these Navy uh, hazard cases and you can look at that podcast. Again, I know it's like a broken record here, but we've covered so much of this. And what it was pretty clear that that uh, drone or unmanned aerial system has become the code word for UFO. It's pretty clear these guys aren't going to jeopardize their jobs by saying, we've seen a UFO. Now, a few of them have come out and have done that, but most of them, no. They're just going to say, unmanned aerial system. And then you just make up your own mind. The Navy videos were first released December 2017 and March 2018 by two 
by To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science, a company co-founded by former Blink-182 musician Tom DeLonge, that says it studies information about unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah, well, don't forget to tell them, CNN, that Louis Elizondo, former head of ATIP, also got his fingers on those things, and that we still have not figured out how the videos got from uh, the cockpits of those airplanes and the radar stations on those radar ships into the hands of the MIB and just stayed somewhere undetected for, you know, what, 13, 14 years on the one video, four or five years on the other, and then finally made their way to the New York Times, that that group that I believe Trump included them in his comment about them being the enemy of the people. Somehow they got that video, videos, and then Tom DeLong got them. Let's, let's not leave out those two or three very important steps there. Because this is the chain of custody we're talking about. And it's, I guess, not a big surprise that the Navy is no longer being left in control of this stuff. Now the Department of Defense is going to come in and they're going to answer directly to the number two guy at the Department of Defense who looks like he might be the number one guy pretty soon because if you're to believe the betting sites and the news media, it looks like Esper's days at the DOD are numbered and, and that's apparently how he wants it. Now it says the former head of the Pentagon, Louis Elizondo, yeah, Louis, the former head of the program, Louis Elizondo, told CNN in 2017 that he personally believes there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. Well, yeah, he's probably seen it, actually. <laughs> you know? I mean, he did get those videos somehow, apparently, that were accumulated. I mean, at least one of them was while he was in charge of that program. That's all pretty interesting. Now, I wanted to go back here and look at Another another little thing and this um this one right here <laughs> this is a situation involving uh Mark Esper. Now and I've got the link there, and we're getting close on time, so I just want to I just want to wrap it up with this. Now, I pointed out that they're putting Norquist in charge of this new UFO, or he's going to help with. Basically, he's going to be the he's going to be the one that oversees. It looks like this new Defense Department UFO tracking um, bureaucracy or task force, I guess we're calling it. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I wonder why. Esper's not just running this thing. And then I got to looking and I saw all this chatter about him not being there any longer. And something else came out. There was an article came up, and I think I have a link there at the Twitter account, UFO Warning, about the fact that Esper had to recuse himself from negotiations in a particular contract because his son works for the company. And I'm like, wow. Now, I don't know if you would call this deep state... But it's definitely intertwined state. I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting somebody's kid or wife or something. I mean, it apparently, when you get to Washington, D.C., you follow something that is the opposite of the nepotism rule. 
You know, the whole thing about nepotism, you're not supposed to hire family into these sensitive positions because, you know, you could do favors for each other. Unless you're Fauci and you've got his wife uh, basically enforcing the rules on ethics when you're engaged in all kinds of stuff where you're being questioned about your ethics. Yeah. Well, apparently, Esper has a son who's some kind of a computer genius or something, but the program they were talking about, and I thought this was interesting, and the article goes back to October 28, 2019, and it says, what, it's from GeekWire, GeekWire.com, what is Jedi, J-E-D-I, now that's a little Star Wars, you know, deal there, what is Jedi explaining the $10 billion military cloud contract that Microsoft just won over Amazon? But don't forget, Amazon, controlled by Jeff Bezos, who also owns that Washington Post. Man, he's always hating on Trump. You kind of got to wonder. Then you got Bill Gates, who has injected himself. Yes, please don't pardon the pun. Who has injected himself into this whole COVID vaccine debate. What the heck? Dude can't even write a decent program. And he's going to tell us that he's going to vaccinate us all? I don't know. Every time I see... Every time I see Gates on there with his hands flapping around and his voice getting all weird and high-pitched, talking about giving people vaccines, even though they haven't been proven to work, it makes me uncomfortable. All right, so here it says, questions about the Pentagon's Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure JEDI contract have been swirling since news broke late Friday. This is last fall that Microsoft has won the 10-year agreement to build the U.S. government's new war cloud. Well, that should be awesome. We should have a new war cloud that just breaks down like every 10 minutes, right? (laughs) I mean, have you tried to use Excel lately? My goodness, how did Microsoft secure the $10 billion project when Amazon was long seen as a front-runner? What role did, did politics play? How will the Microsoft workers already apprehensive about their employer's government work respond? Wow. Yeah, why hire any of these guys? You know, if they're so treasonous that they can't work for the government, then don't hire them. Another big question, how will Amazon respond? The company hasn't said whether or not it will appeal DOT's decision, but a source familiar with the situation told the Geekware that Amazon is evaluating its options. Well, they've made so much money since COVID, they probably don't care anymore. But to grasp the larger implications, it's important to first understand what JEDI is. Exactly, it says, and here's the key details. JEDI's mission is started with a 2017 visit to the West Coast, which included a stop at Amazon and other prominent tech companies. After the trip, then Defense Secretary James Mattis ordered Department of Defense officials to prepare a plan to modernize the department's tech infrastructure. Now, this is a guy that basically, I think Trump almost said he fired the guy because he was incompetent. But even though Mattis has been gone for almost a year, this company is still going on. Now, look, think about this. Former Defense Department head, General Mattis, who Trump who had a big falling out with Trump, who Trump basically said, I get rid of the guy because he's dumb. He gets this giant computing contract, and who is part of that contract? The next Defense Department's son, 
Mark Esper's son. I mean, they talk about Biden and his kid. It seems like it just seems like this stuff just snowballs on and on. It's the same players, man. It says. Although separate branches of the military and intelligence communities have been cutting their own cloud deals for years, the new proposal outlined a unified IT approach for the entire Department of Defense, including classified and unclassified operations. I don't know. Does that sound like a good idea to you? So instead of having our stuff compartmentalized, where maybe it would have some safety... Maybe it would be safer because, say, the Chinese or Russians would have to hack into seven or eight systems. Now Mattis decided that he just wanted to put it all together and let Amazon, and I guess now Microsoft, run it? I don't know. That's like that, To me, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. It says the Department of Defense's lack of a coordinated enterprise-level approach of blah, 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 blah. And then it just goes on and talks about it a little bit there, but it's... And then Microsoft is tasked with overhauling DoD's entire IT infrastructure. Man, you know, you ever work at one of those places where you had a boss who was kind of an idiot, and his, the first thing they said was change is good? Well, not necessarily. If I'm in a nice warm house in the middle of winter, uh, taking all my clothes off and standing outside in minus 10 is not good. It would be a change, but it would result in my dying of hypothermia. And that seems like it seems like these guys are all following the Coney stra- the Comey strategy. Yeah, we knew there was some confusion when the new administration took hold, so we decided to exploit that. I wonder if that's not what's going on here. It seems like Trump obviously made a mistake. He hired, or he said he did at least, hired Mattis, and it seems like in the middle of that, you know, new administration starting up, somebody decided to exploit things a little bit. Now, whether that was to hurt the country or just line their own pockets, who knows? Or maybe it's just a bad idea. But that's your Jedi. They're gonna put they're gonna put everything together, and they're gonna put it on looks like a Microsoft server. They're gonna take all the UFO information and uh, all that data, and the Navy's not gonna get a hold of that anymore. It's gonna go right to DoD, and it'll probably go on one of these servers. But as you hear these stories. And, and just like with this situation here, I, you flip the news on, you do a little looking around for some of the UFO stuff, and, and boom, I, I look at the headline, uh, CNN says, yes, DOD is starting new task force to investigate UFOs. And in my own mind, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I know about all that already. But then I get to reading a little bit, and I start to follow the money, and I start to follow the players, and it's like, Man, this thing just goes down an endless rabbit hole. Well, started out with like, okay, they're going to put a little task force together. You started to see a real power play involving two or three different, two or three different secretaries of defense, secretary of defense's kid, politics, all this, all this, uh, all this conflict going on between these different billionaires and one hates Trump and one just wants to put a vaccine in everybody on the planet. And the further you look, the more you think, I don't think any of these guys are going to give us disclosure. They, they all have their own agendas. And I'm not sure those agendas line up with my agendas at all. But I would recommend that you keep track of this task force because there's a chance that something will slip out They'll forget to black out a line somewhere. 
Maybe somebody on the inside will just go ahead and do their own little bit of gorilla disclosure, kind of the way Snowden did. Hopefully they won't end up exiled to Florida, or excuse me, Russia, with a price tag on their head. But if we know where to look, we might actually find something. Until next time, this is UFO.